This is Game Day Media. For all the latest in education and political news from around the state of Texas, visit my friends at TexasISD.com. The staff at TexasISD.com updates their site each morning with articles, commentary, and news from all over our state. If you have one site to bookmark and visit every day, it should be TexasISD.com. The crossroads of education and legislation. You're listening to Largent Unfiltered with Dr. Jim Largent. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast. Uh, It's been real interesting after my last two shows with John Tanner. I got a message from one of my listeners saying that I should talk to a man who'd done some research about reading levels of the tests we're currently uh, giving our students in Texas. And I spoke with his superintendent. I was able to make contact with Michael Lopez. Michael is a teacher at Thrall ISD and uh, done some graduate work at uh, University of Mary Hardin Baylor. So, Michael, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's great to to have a teacher on the show. I think you may be the first uh, acting teacher on the podcast, so welcome to the show. We appreciate having your insight. And uh, if you will, if you don't mind, give us a little background on yourself, your career, and what led you to become a teacher in Thrall. Um, I retired several years ago uh, after serving 23 years in the Army. And being a soldier, one of, we were constantly teaching and instructing. Um, I did three years as a military instructor, and it allowed me the opportunity to kind of develop and help work with a new piece of equipment that the Army was getting. Um, from the training aspect to uh, fine-tuning the equipment to make sure that it met what the Army desired it to do. Right. Uh, and the creation of a manual that the soldiers would use and the operation of it. Um, so when I retired, I was kind of on the fence about what I wanted to do. And I woke up one day and I was like, I, I missed being around and, and sharing of knowledge. Sure. So it kind of led me to um, going back to school to pursue my master's to get my teaching certification, and which brought me to uh, University of Mary Hardin Baylor because I was at Fort Hood. And right. Close and I, I wanted, uh, I wanted the classroom time. So, so in your job at the military, you were actually working on, uh, not necessarily assessments, but you were at least working on, uh, making manuals, making sure those manuals were at an appropriate level for the soldiers, uh, and something that they could read and understand. And, and so you had done quite a bit of work in making sure that, uh, these assessments or these tests or these manuals were written at a level that was appropriate and that what was uh, supposed to be as uh, is what the Army wanted you to do, correct? Yes. Um, so a lot of the equipment is commercial. Um, so it, it's created by uh, these companies and it's used by uh, individuals that are very knowledgeable. So it's very wordy um, yeah. with a lot of proprietary words. Um and the usage and we and our the technical writers had to take all this information um and recreate it into something that was more simplized um so that 
no matter the education level of any of the soldiers that were going to operate it, they'd be able to do it. Yeah. Uh, but it also takes individuals sitting to read through this um, to recommend changes before we hand it to someone and do a line by line as they're going through the steps to ensure that what we wrote uh, makes sense. Yeah. That there wasn't something missed that, that something that was missed. Exactly. Uh, so it was a painstaking process, but it was a, it was an interesting, um, and, and for me, it was kind of an experience of a lifetime, um, being able to, um, take part in something that the army doesn't do a lot of, or it's done to where it's just a small group of individuals who yeah. take part in this process. Um, to see something kind of grow and blossom to a finished product to, um, taking it to a unit and presenting them with the training and then watching them go through the steps and testing it. Absolutely. And actually, uh, during our deployment to Iraq, actually seeing um, that piece of equipment being used in combat operations. Right. Uh, and so, you know, I'm just thinking, I'm just sitting here thinking how good gracious, how important it is that the manuals for something that, has literally uh, life consequences, you know, life and death consequences in our military. You better make sure that uh, your manuals and things are written at a level that the the servicemen operating those machines are able to understand, comprehend, and know exactly what is expected of them, right? Yeah. And while I was at uh, UMHB, uh, one of the courses I had was disciplinary literacy, um, taught by Dr. Jody Program, who's fantastic and, and a wonderful um, professor. And so as we're going through it and we're talking about kind of the readability, it just it brought back everything that we've done. And one of the during one of the classes, one of the things that we were doing is we we're taking the, uh, different passages uh, and applying different readability formulas to them to determine the readability of the passage. And one of and you were you were using had, star tests, right? Or yeah. So one of the ones that we had was a piece from the star test, um, and to kind of see the difference between um, different types of tests and how um, the results could be a little bit different, and to get us familiar with using um, these tools for readability. And what we found during that, um, well, one of the one of the passages was really high. Um, it was above the intended grade level. So after class, I was speaking with the professor and, uh, we had a, a lengthy discussion about it. And it, it, as a parent, it made me mad as a future educator, you know, I, I, I asked her, I was like, how am I supposed to teach children <laughs> to, to pass something that is beyond what they're going to be exactly. when there's a possibility that the student may not be at that level. Um, so I had a lot of thought. Uh, going through my head. Um, so she told me to kind of take a few days, come back, you know, <laughs> and um, we came up with the idea of doing a re readability on the, on the passages um, up to that point. And um, so I focused everything on the elementary level since the elementary level is so critical in the development of readers. Um, plus it was where I wanted to go. Sure. I wanted to, I wanted to be with the younger ones. Absolutely. Um, so over time, over a couple months, uh, we conducted the study, um, 
and it was presented at a tail conference uh, and it was later published so that others could review it and kind of get their takeaway um, with the hope that um, another university would take it and, and and come back and validate and said yes. You yeah. Know, what I what I did um, matched what they found, um, so it wasn't something just in isolation. Sure. And have you gotten that response? Um, there was a study that came out um, afterwards, several years after mine, um, that looked at the last version uh, of the star test and what they determined that everything was still above grade level. Yeah. Um, which led to the big legislative shift um, during the last session to try to make changes. Absolutely. Uh, to the STAR test to make it to where the readability of, of those passages is going to be closer aligned to the grade levels of the students. I'm here with Brent Northcutt, my farmer's insurance agent. And Brent, I recently got a letter from you that said something about farmer's best kept secret. Can you go in a little more detail about that? <laughs> right, right. Well, it is farmer's best kept secret. And out of about 14,000 agents nationally, there's, uh, uh, it's my understanding, less than 1,000 of us that are, are actually uh, registered representatives for Farmers Financial Solutions. And we offer some of the funds from the best known companies out there, American Funds, Franklin Templeton, Principal, BlackRock Funds, MFS, PIMCO, just to name a few. We also have uh, several annuities, fixed annuities through Voya and Great American, uh, variable annuities through AXA Equitable. So, yeah, if you're if you're looking for a financial professional or if you'd like to just have a no obligation review of your existing portfolio, give me a call. I'd love to talk to you about it. And uh, you can reach me anytime at 817-326-5030 or just email me at B Northcut, that's Northcut with two T's, at farmersagent.com. B Northcut at farmersagent.com. I appreciate you asking me that question. Absolutely. And I can tell people that if they have any questions about their insurance or about these types of investments, uh, give Brent a call. He helped me, and I know he can help you too. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Now, let me ask you this, just just to get into the science of this just a little bit. We talked a little bit prior to this interview, but, you know, when you're reading something just as a lay person, I mean, when I'm reading something, I don't I don't consciously think, well, this is on an eighth grade level or this is on a third grade level or this is on a 10th grade level. So what are the basics behind determining what level something is actually written at? Um, well, a lot depends upon um, which which readability formula are you using? Because different ones calculate uh, different things. Some right. count just the word length in a sentence, number of syllables. Um, and so each one is going to vary. Um, so by choosing and looking at different ones, um, then you kind of get the idea of, okay, um, well, this one's a little bit high, but when we kind of average them together, we kind of get a roundabout which was why during my study I kind of added the Lexile, something that parents were familiar with, something that educators are familiar with, um, because we use that to help find resources that are more in line with where our students are reading. Right. Um, but 
any of these tools together, it's not always the that perfect indicator that um, that this student is going to be able to read it. Um, sure. If the student doesn't have an interest in it and it's below their level, um, they just possibilities of them not doing well or good. Um, you know, you want to encourage students to find things that they enjoy to read, and then encouraging them to find other things that they may not be interested in, but you want them to expand. You don't want them to become so focused on just one specific topic in reading, but you want them to have a nice broad um, basis for, for all the things so that they can build this uh, great wealth of background knowledge uh, that they can apply later on um, for when they are kind of set with something that may be a little bit more challenging. Yeah. And were you were you specifically – focused in on a grade level or did you go across the elementary grades to say look the star test for third graders is really written at a fifth grade level and the fifth grade test is written at an eighth grade level did you get that specific or or did you just particular did you just uh, choose certain passages to look at so i I chose um third through fifth and i started with the sample back in 2001 that was published okay um and then my what I what I looked at were uh, all three grade levels, the full assessments from 2013 through 2015. Okay. Uh, overall, for for that uh, for those sets of tests uh, for the third grade, it averaged out to about a fifth grade reading level for all the passages. Wow! Wow! Uh, now some were higher than others. Some were a little bit lower. You know, when we when we create that average, you know, you, you're going to take those things into account. Um, fourth grade was about two levels higher. Um, fifth grade was was about a year higher. Yeah. And what year would you did you do this study? Um, so I did it. It was in 2016. Okay. So this big revelation that we got in the last legislative session, <laughs> you had really already figured this out a couple of years before, right? Well, I wouldn't say figured out. <laughs> we presented it for people, um, for them to make their own opinion. Yeah. Um, to look at the information and come up with their own, whether or not that uh, they kind of believe what was published. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I'd hope that, um, you know, some other universities may have kind of taken this and kind of added to. Right. Uh, Maybe added the 2016 along with the the years that we we'd done. Yeah, uh, just to say if we're getting better. Kind of, yeah, just, well, just to create more to kind of to see it maybe a trend. Yeah, uh, you know, because there's a possibility that 16 and 17 may have been a little bit lower, but I believe the study that was done I think was on 2018, um, but I'm not positive. But it was right before. Um, the session. So yeah. I, I want to say it was 2018. Right. And they were still finding the same things that you found, weren't they? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, this has some, some big implications for a state that is giving these high stakes tests to students that is, you know, whether or not they move on to the next grade level, whether or not they graduate, what their ranking of their campus is, how their district is graded on this A through F system, which is a whole other show. But some listeners may may sit here and think this isn't that big a deal. You know, you get a third grade test. It's written on a fifth grade level. It's not really a, a exact science. So, you know, 
uh, let's don't make a big deal out of it, but it is a big deal. And, and as a teacher in the classroom, what concerns you? I can imagine, but you're in the classroom every day with those kids looking at tests that may not be written at the level they are. So what do you see as implications for this? Well, for a lot of students, um, it, it's kind of building their confidence. Sure. Um, you know, the students who struggle, um, you really want to encourage them. Um, even if it's a below level, you know, I don't share what it is that we're, what level things are on with the kids. Right. Um, even when we have to differentiate, uh, because you want, you want them to have that sense of accomplishment. Absolutely. What they're given, they're able to tackle it and they do it well. And you're excited when you see the results for them. Um, because once they build that confidence then they're ready to start tackling things that are, that are challenging, um, which is what we want them to do. We want that, that complexity for them to keep going up, um, so that we get them on their grade levels. Absolutely. Move up to the next year, they're ready. But for ones who struggle, it's also teaching them the skills. Um, we're not going to, you know, I tell my students, like, we're not going to know every word, but we can, we can use skills. We can, there's things that we can look for. We can look for clues. Um, if we have an illustration, let's look at that illustration. Does it match? Can we find it within the, within our passage where it's going to help us? understand what's going on and just kind of keep focusing on the small little pieces that are all going to build together to make them a better reader. Right. And I know you want to challenge your kids and you want them to improve. And at the same time, you don't want to tie their hands behind their back when they take a high stakes test. I mean, if, if you're, if you're teaching addition, you wouldn't want your students to sit down and, and see 10 algebra questions on their test to, to determine whether or not they can add correctly. So it, it, right. you know, it just bothers me a little bit and it bothers me a lot. But, uh, for someone who's been in the classroom and who's, who not only sees it as an educator, but you also worked on something uh, very similar in the military in, as part of your career before you uh, got into education. I just think it's uh, something that I really hope people will listen to and take note of and make sure that whatever they can do when they're building these tests, they make sure that uh, these tests are written at a level that uh, matches what we're trying to to assess. That's I mean, that's a hope. Um, I mean, it's, it's a science. Um, are they going to get it close? It, it's hard to say because each, each formula does something different right. uh, in how they calculate. But I think if our intent is to assess students on what they know, then we need to do it at where they're at. Exactly. A students in the third grade, we need those third grade passages. Now, it's not saying that if we're using, I don't know, say, the Lexile as the measure of uh, the reading level for a passage, that it can't be one that bridges into the fourth grade um, sure. on the lower scale of it. Sure. Uh, but I think teaching, you know, getting, assessing them on their uh, ability to determine the meaning of a word, uh, especially with these multi-meaning words, can they determine the meaning? How is how are things used? Looking at the imagery of it, um, not just looking at can they read it, but looking deeply uh, within the passage to, to, to understand it. Yeah. 
Well, I think you certainly have a unique perspective in looking at this, and I'm certainly glad that you did. Uh, where could people find the article or the title of the article that maybe they could look up to to read, or was it published somewhere they could find? It was uh, well, it was published in the uh, 2016 Literacy Summit Yearbook. Okay. Um, but if they Google text complex text complexity. A study of star readability, they'll be able to find it. Um, Test complexity, a study of star readability. Yes. Okay. Very good. And where can they find more information uh, about your college or your professor? Or you want? I know you gave her some uh, a shout out earlier in the in the show, and uh, sounds like she's doing some good work there at uh, Mary Harden Baylor. Yes, um, Dr. Jody Pilgrim. Um, She's a professor at the University of Mary Harden Baylor. Um, she was also the co-author on the study that that we did. Very good. Well, hey, I surely appreciate your time, uh, Michael, and and I think you've done a great study here. And I really hope that as Texas moves its testing, uh, making sure the assessments are written at the appropriate level, they will use some of these tools. I, I'm, you would have to think they would, but surely they will use several of these tools. Make sure that they're all within some type of meaningful range uh, that would make sure that we're when we send out these tests that are so high stakes for these kids and for campuses and districts now with our grading system that the state makes sure that at least we are assessing uh, students by building tests that are uh, built at their readability level to make it a uh, even slate and a fair a fair game as we go out and, and take these tests. I would hope so. Absolutely. Well, hey, thanks again for your time. I appreciate you being on the show, and uh, it's great to hear from a teacher on uh, on our podcast. Thanks again for well, being thank with you us. For having me. Absolutely. Thank you. You know, after talking with uh, Mr. Lopez. I thought more about what he had to say, and, you know, his frustration from a teacher perspective was simply trying to take care of his kids. His his worry, he wasn't mad at the politicians, and he wasn't worried about the TEA. He was just concerned about his kids. He wanted his kids to have a, a fighting chance at doing well on these assessments that we put in front of them. And I think he uh, was able to let people know that what we're doing now is not is not fair for our kids. It's not fair to put kids in a situation where their hands tied behind their back. And so I really hope people who listen to this, people who have some influence at TEA or with some legislators, make sure that this issue is a real sticking point in whatever we do with assessments in the future. You know, he mentioned there are several different uh, formulas for uh, determining readability, surely the the people making the test could make sure that that our tests conform to those or an average of the the most often used formulas. There's got to be a way to make sure that the tests are written in a way that's fair. The passages that we use uh, on our reading tests are at a level that we expect our kids to be able to read, uh, depending on the grade level they're in. And so I really hope people who have some influence on this issue can take some time, do their due diligence. Don't just 
take their word from people that say, oh, yeah, it's written at a, at a third grade level. Where's your data showing that? Where are these where are these formulas that show that your passages meet the expectations of a third grader and not a fifth grader? And so, uh, you know, he's a he's a soft spoken guy and I appreciated having him on, on the show. Uh, but you could tell uh, in talking with him that that he's concerned about his kids and giving them a fair shake and making sure that whatever assessment uh, we put in front of them, they have a chance to pass. And I think that's all any of us could uh, ask for. And again, he's at the teacher level. But this goes up to campuses and districts with these ratings that they're giving us. And, and uh, you know, if you start really thinking about it, it, it can it can get you pretty upset to know that we are grading our campuses and our districts on tests that are not written at the level of the students taking them. So I want to thank you again for listening to the show. We're going to come back next week and wrap up uh, Season 3. And... Uh, Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on Largent Unfiltered. If you like our show, I hope you'll subscribe and then share this with your friends and colleagues. You can also check out my website at largentconsulting.org. I'm on Twitter at Dr. Jim Largent and Facebook at Largent Consulting, LLC.